0: Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Corey Ten Boom. Bending Not Breaking. Season 3, Episode 9 Nightmares and Daydreams. Welcome back to another episode. We're back. Oh, we're back for another episode.
1: Y'all, I've been thinking, it's been like a hot minute, and I just, every time a week goes by without us recording, I'm like, oh. And I like recording, I really like these moments. This is really,
0: this is big. You're pulling back the veil a little bit because. You're, uh, pe- people might think that we record week to week We don't We don't <laughs> we, <laughs> we backlog things, but that's fine But we're, we're recording now Yeah, This is fun, we're together now I missed this And you know who else is here? <gasps> the one, Max. the only Max Hey Max Hello How have you been? Uh, fine no- Nothing big going on in your life? There's a pandemic but that's not specific to me. I wouldn't say. There's still, unfortunately, a pandemic. Yep, that is still true. going on. Max, did you watch? Uh, did you watch this episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender?
1: Nightmares and Daydreams.
0: Uh missed this one. Well, I will tell you that you didn't miss much. This, I mean, a lot of nothing happened. The, I I'm going to stand on. Here's hold on. Let me let me pull up my, my soapbox. Yeah, yeah, let me yeah. set it down. I'm gonna stand on it for a second. Just let me give me a second to get up on it. I'm here. This might be my least favorite episode of the Avatar universe. That's that, big. that includes Legend of Korra. Wow. And the comics that I've read. Wow. I don't love this episode. I yeah. find it very dull. But And it's yeah, it's a bunch of references and it's fun. And I'm sure it was fun to make. And it's not bad. It's just like, uh, I, I don't love it. So this is. I worry that this is going to be a tough one for me to pull things out of. But maybe it won't be. Maybe we'll do a great job with it. I think we'll do a great job. Worry is our lens. Worry is our lens. Chosen by our Patreon supporters. S- supporters. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what we
1: call them. Yes,
0: our Patreon supporters. We're really grateful for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, so grateful. <laughs> um. So they got to choose the lens for this week. And so we're happy about worry. Well, we're not... Well, happy about worry, but like... Don't worry, be happy. That is that is a Bobby McFerrin song. So many people think Bob Marley. Not the case, Max. Not the case. Bobby McFerrin. Street. Is that the guy from Back to the Future? No. No. Well, that's Not Marty McFly. That's Marty McFly. Yeah, they don't even sound the same. There's like some mix and some... Alright, well before we jump in... To what we are doing next. What are we doing next? Well, before we go into the episode. Before we jump into the episode, we've got to do what we do next. Yeah, what's that? You got to do your 30 second recap. I think you should do it. It's your turn. I I did the quote, so you do the recap. I'm really worried about it. I did the quote, so you do the recap. And you can do this. I believe in you. You've always been enough. Yeah, I know. We'll talk about that moment, because that's a good moment. But on your mark... Are you ready? It doesn't I, matter. I On your mark, get <laughs> set, and go.
1: So the gang arrives, you know, ahead of schedule. They're four days in advance, and S is, uh, Aang is super stressed because, oh my goodness, he's gonna face the Fire Lord, and then nobody else is stressed except Aang, and so he has nightmares all around. He doesn't have his pants when he tries to fight Ozai. Meanwhile, Zuko is like, "Wow, look at that! I'm in the Fire Nation. I'm being treated really nicely." And Ten seconds. He really likes that. And then they, there's more fights. Then Aka, Appa and Momo have a samurai duel, in War and more dreams. And then they try to. They can't. Eventually they do. He sleeps and he's fine.
0: Stop. Yeah. You were able to do that, and I feel like normally you aren't able to do that, and you were able to do that this episode because not a lot happens. I
1: missed a lot. We totally missed the fact that Aang kisses Katara
0: in a daydream. Yeah, but it was like he made moves. You're my forever girl. Yeah, babe. Yeah, so started reading the comics this week. Oh, sweetie. And that. Yeah, I'm done with that. Oh, I love <laughs> it. I much, thought that was so on brand. I'm very much it. Yes, I think so. But I'm very much on the soccer side of things, where it's like, oh, the oogies, it's the oogies, which is why we think
1: Tenzin's sky bison is called oogie. Correct. Ooh.
0: Correct. We're going too far because we're not there yet. We're not there yet.
1: I cannot wait. Can I just say this? If you haven't read the comics, do it. Cause it we're going to, we're
0: going to, hopefully we're going to do it.
1: Yeah. If, if we get enough support, we're planning to keep on doing this. Correct. Right. And so we are so, so eager to get into those comics cause they are just chock
0: full of fun stuff, fun stuff. Yeah. But so, before we get there, yeah. Well, well, so first of all, if you're not following us on Twitter or Instagram, whichever is your choice, BNB underscore Pod is the place to do that. We are also on Facebook, bending not great uh, breaking. Our Facebook page is there as well. Um, we yeah. also have a Patreon, yeah. And so we uh, we've got some things on the Patreon. We even have some new things. On some the Patreon. new things that we're excited to announce. So we might we might hold off till the very end to announce one of our big new things that's coming to Patreon. Ooh. But one of the things to say right now is a Facebook page. Uh, community that is private for our Patreon uh, supporters yeah. so that we can talk about the show and talk about the podcast and talk about questions and, and be engaged in that community, which I think has been a lot of fun so I've far. I've enjoyed
1: those conversations so, so far.
0: And so that's been a good thing. You also get episodes early if you uh, support at a certain tier. You can also join in on... Zoom calls with Ben and I to talk about Avatar. If you're at a certain tier, because we're going to go through the whole series again through different lenses. There, so check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/backslash B and B underscore Pod. It's a forward slash, Max. I know, but like, it's it's a slash, just the normal slash that you put in the HTML bar, right?
1: Max was making very
0: so not a backslash. So forward slash, a forward slash. So Patreon.com/forward slash B and B underscore Pod. Uh, to support us there, and our goal, our goal by the end of this season, is to be at 50 Patreon supporters. If we can get to 50 Patreon supporters, Ben and I are super confident that we could do the first book of Legend of Cora, and, and that, that is would something allow we are us looking to keep Max to on, which yeah. makes our audio so much better. It really does. It really does. So Patreon.com forward slash bnb underscore Pod to support there, um and we will tell you about some extra stuff coming that way as well at the end of the episode. Let's talk about worry.
1: Worry. What is worry?
0: I don't know. Did you look up the definition? I sure did. (laughs) You always (laughs) do. I can always count on you.
1: Yeah, so uh, the Google dictionary, worry is when you give way to anxiety or unease uh, or dwelling on your troubles. And so it's giving way to anxiety, which I thought was a really... I had never thought of worry that way as like opening like,
0: opening up a pathway
1: as like it's almost like a dam breaking into anxiety right right it's like you're giving way that's a really powerful image you're f- um, you're, over,
0: you're falling over the crest of like a waterfall into anxiety
1: yeah it's like a, it's a loss of control like yeah. it's given way it's very interesting yeah it's fascinating but what, I think what really struck me was that worry and anxiety are very closely related they're like you know cousins brothers
0: siblings i would say worry leads it seems like worry leads into like full manifestation of anxiety interesting i wonder if that's how i see it
1: yeah well it's interesting because i i don't have we talked about this have we talked about over and under functioning on the podcast before i don't think
0: we have enlighten me please so there is
1: i i found out about harriet Lerner through brene brown you might have heard of her um, but Harriet Lerner is a wonderful uh, psychologist and brilliant in her field, has written many, many books, The Dance of Connection, Dance of Intimacy, Dance of Anger, Dance of All the Things. And um, one of the things she talks about in those books is this concept of how we function. And so what this means is, like, what, what are the patterns in how we show up when we get – when anxiety hits us, right? What are the patterns in how we show up? And the, those patterns are learned from how we grow up, right? And if you want more information on this, highly recommend reading Harriet Lerner or listening to Brene Brown's podcast on anxiety and over- and under-functioning. She just had an episode on this. Um, But essentially, there's two ends of the spectrum, and there's a lot of things in between. But the one end is over-functioning, where over-functioning is when anxiety, an anxious situation occurs, right? Right. Where all of a sudden, um, for instance, the example provided in the podcast is my mom goes to the hospital for uh, an illness, and the overfunctioner responds by saying, "Okay, I'm gonna do this and this and this, and I need you to do this and this and this," and like starts going into uh, type A mode, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then upon ana- analysis, they're like, "Okay, I told you to do this, but you know what? I it'll just be faster if I do it." And then so they take on all of these things. And the example for me is that I'm gonna bring up is. Uh, I had a wonderful dog. His name was Atlas. And when Atlas passed away, that was a rough night. But what happened was rather than me um, feeling negatively and really dwelling on that, I ended up cleaning the entire house instead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I cleaned up the entire house. I did everything that I could because I was just trying to not feel what I was trying to push down. And then as soon as there was nothing left to clean, I broke down. And that was me over-functioning. And under functioning are the one people are the people who, when a stressful situation occurs, they're like, gonna let everybody else take the lead, and they appear lazy, if you will, during those moments of stress. And so, it's interesting, like just anxiety produces pattern ways of showing up, and mm-hmm. some of us have, like I'm. Classic overfunctioner. So in those moments, I have to be like, okay, how do I learn to not overfunction in those moments and rely on other people? And so when I think about worry, I think about when I am worried. That's when I start that pattern of overfunctioning. Mm-hmm. And so how do I get out of that mode? What's your What's your response to all of that?
0: Well, I mean, that's clearly what Ang is doing.
1: Yeah, that's clearly
0: what Ang is doing is is overfunctioning in that moment and. I don't know if he understands or it, that is not me. That is not, I'm the opposite, right? I'm the underfunctioner when it's, when it comes to those types of moments. Um, and so I wonder if it, if it's, how do you pull yourself out of that? Cause it, it's not, is it not helpful? Does it really just put you further into pain? Does it take a deeper toll on you? Um, and I don't know but for think, Aang it does
1: and I think it happens both ways yeah. I think if you're over-functioning or under-functioning yeah. it, it can be both harmful and helpful depending on whatever situation that we're in I think the difference is we have to learn that when that becomes a pattern and that's the only way we can respond mm-hmm. that's when it becomes an issue right and I want to be clear that as we talk about this today we're, we're talking about day-to-day worry we're talking about day-to-day anxiety we're not talking about Anxiety disorders, Thoma. diagnosed anxiety. Right. We're just talking about this day-to-day stuff, and to be f- to be frank, like that's there's a stark difference because I think there's a 2015 study where a third of the United S- adults in the United States will experience an anxiety disorder in their lifetime. A third, thirty-three percent of all adults, and two uh, women are two times as likely to experience that than men. So I just want to highlight that as something that is out there and what we're talking about is this this concept of just general worry and general anxiety
0: because i think we see ang go from i think we see him go to anxiety absolutely right he's he's past just worrying about it He goes on to like full-on hallucinations i think you see the gang around him Really start to worry about him. Absolutely. Um, through through the process of of just seeing and witnessing this, and oh, they try to help so many times. But what we see Aang stuck in is this trauma, anxiety induced moments that that so much fear is there, so much shame is there uh, that he's experiencing in this moment, and it's taking a toll on him not only mentally. But physically, and I think that's an important thing to highlight, that when your body is in this mode of fight or flight, even when you're in safe situations, it is having a tremendous toll on your on your body physically and what you are experiencing. Because your body, your psychology, or your uh, physiology is is experiencing these heightened triggers over and over again, even though he's in a safe space. Um and that's and we see that taking his toll and that's I felt like that was pretty accurate.
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent,
0: absolutely. Which and the issue with that is there's not always an easy way to get out of that. Well,
1: and I think that's what the the crux of this episode and probably the core of our conversation is going to be is not necessarily that Aang was in this state of worry, which clearly he was, but rather how was that handled, right? Because we see the gang progress on how they uh, react to Aang's worry throughout this episode. And we see, right? We see a oh, full-on progression. And that's really important to be aware of, right? What would it have been like if at the beginning of this episode, they responded the way, like, that Katara, Toph, and Sokka responded the way they did at the end?
0: Yeah, because at the beginning, it's, you need to sleep. Go to sleep. Stop. I'm tired. Yeah, stop it's doing It's about this. me, It's right? You're hurting yourself. Go to bed
1: and that doesn't help anyone. Mm -hmm. Like when you, when somebody is in, in in worrying, telling them to just
0: ignore it does not work. And even if we're speaking in extremes, even when you know, things are irrational, that doesn't mean the feelings stop. That doesn't mean that those, those senses stop, that your body stops telling you to feel these things of fear, or anxiety, even when you recognize that they're irrational and could easily sit there and look. And I, I don't know if he does in, in this episode, but he could say, I'm being irrational. And yet that doesn't mean that the, all, the, all the body things would stop happening. Exactly. That doesn't mean the raised heart rate would well, stop. That doesn't mean that all that and would And that's
1: really important to distinguish is that our, our mind and our body are not always working in tandem. Correct. Right? Sometimes our mind is affecting our body with un, like unwillingly. You can mentally and intellectually understand something and still not be able to do it. It's the same. Like I play the piano. I can understand exactly how I want my fingers to move but until, like and I cannot make them do it right I have to that takes practice, it takes mental I have to connect the neurons to my fingers to that muscle memory so that I can those synapses fire the way that I need them to and it's the same thing when we're learning or rather unlearning the way that our body reacts to other external stimuli
0: mm-hmm. There's got to be a connection there, and sometimes there isn't, and that's important to realize when you're communicating with people, when you're talking to other individuals, when other people are experiencing things that you're not experiencing, not writing it off like at the talk. Believe talk, them, right? Talk <laughs> just saying. Talk just saying. Go to bed. And I. Here, Here's a moment that was honestly pretty heartbreaking for me. Okay. Aang is saying goodnight to everyone and everything. And it's not because he's trying to be annoying. It's because he is terrified to go to sleep. That's a huge moment. There's so much worry about what he's going to experience as he's in that moment that it is so terrifying that he is trying to prolong the process of going to bed for so long. And Toff shuts him down hard.
1: Well, and how? Like, there are so many examples on movies and other shows where parents respond to their children this way as well. Like when they, hey, like, hey, can I have some water? Hey, can like, they're they're scared to go to bed for some reason, mm-hmm. right? And at some point, I do not like. I, let me be clear. I do not blame parents. I get being tired and exhausted and not wanting to deal with one more thing at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. and your child is terrified or scared. Like, what's the most generous assumption we can make, right, about why this person is unwilling to to go to sleep?
0: Well, it goes back to uh, take a a reasonable amount of time on the front end of something or not a reasonable amount of time on the back end. So you can take the extra amount of time that it might feel extra at the time, putting in the effort to talk to your child and understand what's going on in that moment, or you can deal with the consequences of not doing that and dealing with the waking up at 2 a.m., waking and, up at 3 a.m., having that happen over and over again for a week long if we're not tackling these things. Wetting the bed. Yep. And so, and that I'm stuff not, is... not talking about Avatar anymore, but just... <laughs> um, but it's tough because in the moment, it's tough to see that this is a... Re- I feel like I've already given a reasonable amount of time and now I just need to tell you to go to sleep, right? Exactly. Like That's how it feels. Yes, so that's what we get from Toph. Yeah. Go to sleep! And he tries, and we get his next fever dream.
1: Well, it's just... It, in.
0: So my question for you
1: is, when someone's in Aang mode, in, in this mode of, I can't sleep, I'm worried, they're they're not necessarily expressing themselves well. Mm-hmm. However, you can tell something's up.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, like, how do you how do you calm them? Like what, what is your, like if you had a child that you were working with in your work, uh, like would you say get a grip or would you say something else? Like what is your line of?
0: So typically what I do is I, I jump ship to create a safe. That's a weird way to say it. I try to create a safe environment to be the very first thing that I do when I'm talking to a child. So today I spoke with a child who was dealing with homesickness. Okay. um, which is a type of worry. Which, They're worried yeah, he about was worried. something, he right? Was, he was worried uh, about seeing his parents, right? Yeah. I think his mom had recently gone to the doctor, not for anything serious, came back um, and was fine, but he wanted to see his parents. Um, but, but the first thing we kind of did was just talk about like, hey, how's your day going? What's what, what'd you, what game did you play this morning? Have you made any new friends? Oh, that's a really cool Pokemon shirt. You're creating a safe con- uh, container that's creating that moment of trust. Um, and then it was... And then finally, after a couple minutes of that and just chatting, it's a, hey, what's been going on today? I heard that you were kind of upset about this thing. Do you want to talk about it? And then that's where that conversation kind of comes out. And then we were able to kind of talk about, like, how to resolve that from there. Um, So it took building that container first before even just asking the question and hoping that he was ready to respond. Because had he not been, it might have been, all right, more container building And then trying again a couple minutes later until he was ready to share that information. So I'm hearing when
1: they aren't responding to your probe, that means that you haven't done a good enough job at creating that safety. And so it's on you to create more safety for them to be able to share. Absolutely. Rather than it being on them to, like, well, uh, well you're just going to have to sit here until you tell me what's up. Correct. Right, so those imposed consequences versus what can I be doing to better equip this child to help Mm -hmm. himself by or herself or themselves by helping me help them.
0: Well, and it's tough because I've had some of those conversations before where it's been five minutes and we get there, and I've also had some of those conversations before where it's been an hour or two hours to get there. Um, and I think that that's important because there is a point where I think you need to set a boundary of. Hey, well, I love you. I care about you. If you like, if you're ready to talk, I'm happy to continue chatting with you in the future. Sure. Um, but I think you got to, you got to put in the work on the front end to build the safest container you can, so that they feel like there is a, they're in a safe spot to be able to share with you. Um, and so I think we start to see that. I think we see a full episode of them building the container. Well, and we see them mess
1: up at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We see them. Saying things like, get a grip, go to sleep, and missed opportunities to build the container.
0: You're minimizing the pain at that point. You're minimizing the feelings at that point.
1: Exactly. And so it comes to the point where, towards the end, what we see is we say, hey, like we start to hear them say, hey, Aang, I'm worried about you. Hey, Aang, this is something that we prepared. We prepared prepare this nice, fluffy bed for you. We've done, we've taken these steps and taken actions to towards your ability to work through this and I think ultimately it's the reassurance at the end saying Aang you're enough and that's not exactly what they said but they reassured him and said you'll be able to do this you've been doing you've been planning for this you've Mm -hmm. been training for this rather than what Sokka said earlier which was the entire blunt truth right oh it's just the truth but what he said was, oh, it's because it's the Fire Lord and he's going to destroy everything. Cause he's, the big his bad, cause yeah. he's the big bad, Because he's the big baddie. And, like, and he's like, oh, my goodness. That was probably not the right thing to say in that moment.
0: He wasn't wrong. Correct. And I think that's that's one of my biggest, I think, pet peeves or one of the biggest things I struggle with. I was just
1: being honest. Is when
0: Yes. And it's like, you were. But compassion intact and, and context and tone of voice and all of those things matter when you're being they matter honest. absolutely if you're truly trying to help someone those things matter and you have to take those into account when you're speaking with someone so you can be honest but you've got to create the container you've got to make sure that you've been there you've got to make sure you're a safe person to talk to you can't just lash out and throw hard truths at someone when if your intent is especially to be like i'm going to hurt them so that they realize this is something that they do um, which I think sometimes that's a but I'm just being honest well we can be honest compassionately um, and so Sokka wasn't necessarily honest compassionate but I I wouldn't say that Sokka was mean in that moment I think he just was I don't think al- he was either aloof a, obtuse oh, yeah I think those are great maybe yeah right yeah. so just al- like he just wasn't paying attention like he wasn't reading the room
1: yeah so I- I'm curious because uh, throughout this we see so much just around how this is handled. And we see Aang going through these dreams and first he has no pants, then it's a math test, then it's like all of these generalized, like, uh, I I would say pretty uh, cliche, if you will, uh, stresses. So having a dream where you're having to confront an audience with no pants, like it's the whole naked effect that is a pretty common trope in terms of dealing with uh like dreamings right mm-hmm. and then a math test which is a pretty like fear for children <laughs> math right and then we get to the point where with this reassurance what that does is it allows him to reimagine himself in his dream
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh by reassuring i see with just this massive me- like metaphor shift of when he's reassured He's given the tools to combat the things because he says, no, I have my pants. It's you who doesn't have the pants. And he's able to turn that on its head. And so my question for you is, in real, in our everyday lives, what is, it, what is that like for you when you are reassured about something that you've been worrying about X, Y, or Z and you've been reassured? Like, what does that feel like for you?
0: Oh, it's a it's a it's a wave of comfort kind of coming over you. It's a wave of support, or it's a wave of like that's what I needed. You're right. Um, I think that that definitely helps. There are also moments I will say though where it doesn't, where like that's depending on what's going on or who's saying it or how it's being said, that that oh you've got this, like doesn't always feel great. Well, um, and that was at the beginning, like mm-hmm. oh you've got this, yeah
1: right. But there's something about the end, and I think it has to do with this container building, right? If I can't believe it, right? We accept the love we think we deserve. If I don't believe you because I don't believe in myself— Then it doesn't do anything. Then it doesn't work, right? So it's interesting how, at the same time, those same words said differently and said with a different kind of built container carry a lot of different weight.
0: So if if we have to sum this up, building a safe container to alleviate worry— as a person watching someone else is, is really important. As, as being on the outside, creating a safe space to be able to connect and talk and be there for each other is really one of the best things that you can do when it comes to alleviating this worry. Can we go to Zuko now? I was about to just say let's jump there because we haven't talked about this. And I think this is less anxiety. Like This is more worry. I think this is where I saw more... like. Yeah. Worry.
1: Well, let's uh, l- l- tell me more.
0: He, uh, it just wants to belong. He just wants to be a part of things. That's all he wants, and he wants to be a part of this thing that he's been searching for his entire life, and he's got it. But he doesn't. He doesn't know he's got it. At first, it's I didn't get invited to the meeting. It's, I didn't. Well, even didn't before get invited that. Even this.
1: before that, he is like
0: rumbling
1: he, yeah in his de- rumbling process he wakes up and he's greeted by all of these servants who are doing everything for him that he's had like he's been on the run for two over two years now and now he's being handed everything
0: and i don't think he thinks he deserves it interesting i think he's still rumbling with i we accept the love we think we deserve and this might not be love but i don't think he feels like he deserves this
1: well it's interesting i i, I found it interesting that like he looks, he's offered hot towels, and he looks at him for a second, and that was the moment where I was like, "That was just brilliantly done on the animators' part," and mm-hmm. uh, like it was just brilliant because he looks at it, and then he just gets this hint of a smile and grabs it, right? And he's like, "It's like, huh?" It was just what a power that was a really powerful moment for me where he was able to say, "I okay," and then he did that. He got the. Uh, fruit tart for may he got he's like oh no i'll walk it's only a short distance and then he'd like used the palanquin and that was powerful mm-hmm. for zuko to let himself indulge in those things
0: which we when we're worried or when we're in a state of worry it's tough to do that yes it's hard to do that
1: and that's what i'm saying i think he started out thinking he had he had made it Mm -hmm. he's got it he's not i don't think he's worried at that point Mm -hmm. i think he starts to worry when when, he doesn't get the invite when when he well when he doesn't get the
0: invite and then i think it cements in when he's sitting in that room Mm -hmm. right this is and this is something i think it's important for us to highlight because we we put out an instagram post where we quoted iroh and, and talked about this importance around inviting people in right yeah. this important or this the power of inclusion and the importance of inviting people into a space, a moment, a group that allows them to be their authentic self. And that's the important part. If they can't feel like they're their authentic self in that moment, then you're really not belonging. And I think that that's what Zuko's getting into is he's worried about being in the space that he's wanted to be in for so long and when he gets there He doesn't feel authentic. He doesn't feel like it's the right fit, Um, and it's not.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that's exactly what I wrote down, right? I I wrote down Zuko worries about being at Ozzy right now, and the reason I said Ozzy is because it autocorrected Ozai, but Zuko worries about being at uh, Ozai's right hand, and he is still not feeling that love and acceptance, Mm -mm. and fitting in makes us worry belonging doesn't correct that's literally what i wrote down and so what what i'm like it's a kind of a new paradigm shift for me because i've always like been on the side of belonging versus fitting in but this is a new perspective on it where no 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 even more than belonging being this is what we need to choose and where why but fitting in causes is is a cause Of worry.
0: And and it could lead to anxiety. And
1: leads to anxiety. And so when we are living in a fitting in culture at work with our friends, we are constantly being, we're putting ourselves in a situation that causes worry, which leads to our entire conversation before about our body is reacting to that worry. It is creating a cyclical process where our brain is learning this is what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And then when we get into a place where we might potentially belong, our brain and our body are still believing that we're in a state of fitting in. And so we keep on treating and living in a way where our negative um, endorphins are kicking in uh, that are making us feel worse, even though we might be in a place where we intellectually think we belong.
0: Which is terrifying. That's scary. It's it's so tough. I think, man, if we can cement in everyone how important it is that emotions match with your your bo- actual body health, it's it is the data is just astounding. Read like, the book. It's it is so. You talking about the body keeps the score? Yeah, Max. I haven't read it. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. But okay. No. <laughs> um, but it, it just it's. It is so apparent that you you have to take care of yourself emotionally, and we talked about it earlier this season as well. When it talks about uh, soft skills and hard skills, and how emotions are the soft skills, and yeah. they're not because you can't do the hard skills without the soft skills to match Snaps. it. Snaps. You have to take care of the emotional things to be able to because it, it just it will it'll tear you up physically. Um, that's so why I hate the the idea of like sticks and stones, but words will never hurt me. Like Wrong. no, they hurt you, and they actually affect your body. So they, they do they physically hurt they you. They do literally. That's why you get these feelings in your gut in your stomach. It's your body reacting to your emotions, and that's a anyways. So that's a we're going on a full tangent, but I think it's important because Zuko is not belonging. It is causing worry. It is It is causing anxiety. And Mae tries to help. She's there trying to help.
1: Well, it's interesting because her way of helping...
0: Isn't great. Isn't
1: great. <laughs> like, oh, why don't we boss a few servants around? I could use a few more fruit tarts. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> I was, oh But like...
0: Right, but that's what we do. Yeah, that's what we do. I, as I was like, I want to say as like an eighteen-year-old, that's what we do. But as as thirty-year-olds, as fifty-year-olds, that's what we do when we try to make people feel better. We try to pull people out of the discomfort because it's uncomfortable. We try to pull people out of those places because it's tough for us to sit in it with them. Um, and I think that that's we got to be able to sit in it with them. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Ah. Uh. Lots okay. of good stuff.
0: There is a lot of good conversation in this can episode. I, can I, I make uh, a
1: recommendation? So Sokka makes an attempt to psychoanalyze Aang. Uh, and don't I, do that. I just want to say don't do that. Don't do that. Like We are not qualified to do that. And so armchair psychoanalysis is not helpful. And I recommend we don't do it. Listening. Listening, great. Being there. Good.
0: Yeah. Psychoanalysis, <laughs>
1: bad. <laughs>
0: Ladyfingers, good. <laughs> Tru- truffle, good. Meat, good.
1: Cream, good. Berries, good.
0: Max isn't catching the reference. No. No. It's well. fine. I caught the reference. Did you catch the reference, listeners? If you did,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did it. All right, here's a question. Because I, I need an answer because it's starting to bother me.
1: Okay. All right. I'm ready. Shoot.
0: Toph does her massage like thing, right, uh-huh, uh-huh, on Aang. Aang's falling asleep. She's got all the... T- I think... I'm curious if you can bend if wood is earthbending because they put earthbenders in wooden cages. We've realized that.
1: I don't think so. Right? I don't think wood is earth, bed.
0: but they had to have got those. They were clearly tree trunks. There's grains. You see the circles. Like it's clearly wood that she he is laying on.
1: Sure, I think she's manipulating the earth underneath it.
0: I agree, but how would they get the wood there in that area, in that shape, at that height level, like a masseuse bed to be ready for Ang.
1: You know it, what a amazing perception to think about like the amount of time that they took to to cut those into perfect pieces i'm being somewhat facetious and then but earth, like but i'm just saying but like i genuinely don't think wood is earth i think wood comes from
0: the earth yeah i just i'm just saying i i'm curious as how it happened how they got that and made that that massage maybe maybe bed there.
1: Maybe, they, maybe they had a help from a a, a beaver you know something beaver animal that helped
0: all right anything we want to add to this episode before we wrap it up (laughs) clearly i'm not getting an answer for this uh no max what do you got nothing at this time good conversation i enjoyed that i don't i haven't seen this show but
1: were you listening this time
0: i i I, some of those pieces caught my ear wow i felt seen at times
1: Wow. Wow. yeah well, I don't nice. know if that means we did good or if we did differently.
0: Well, we're going to take a quick break. You just awoke a lot of additional worry in me. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> we're here to create a safe container and we can talk about it.
1: Moving on we, to our next segment. Yeah, we're
0: going to take a quick break. We've I thought got we were going to talk about it. Not right now. We'll talk more about it later when we talk about bonus episodes. Ooh. Ooh. Um. We'll take a quick break. We'll jump back with our voicemail this week. Love those. Then we'll do a little practice. Then we'll do some gratitude, devotion, and we'll wrap up. Cool, 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 cool. Be right back. You have reached the voicemail box of... Bending, not breaking. Please
2: leave a message after the tone. Hi, Bending Not Breaking team. My name is Jasmine, and I wanted to take a moment today to reflect on Ben's amazing mini-episode about Hope. It made me think about how all the characters inspire their unique versions of Hope in viewers, which is why I think the show has called out to so many in this pivotal moment in history, when Hope is really the driving force forward. While I love the gang, and Katara is my favorite character because we're both the designated mom friend, I want to focus in on Iroh's brand of instilling hope, as I see this correlation between his love of tea and the wisdom he gives to others, which I think is really beautiful. Iroh's love for tea isn't just expressed in merely savoring tea and understanding all of its nuances. He handles giving advice to Zuko and the gang with the same care and attention he does when he's serving tea in the Jasmine Dragon. The thing about brewing tea is that each blend needs to steep for a certain amount of time and at a certain temperature to show the tea's maximum flavor. Iroh understands this in brewing tea and giving advice by making a unique, loose-leaf blend of wisdom for each person specific to their emotional needs. He allows his words to steep within that person's thoughts, trusting the person to receive his advice and to ponder what it is he's actually saying. He never rushes anyone to get to the point or forces anyone to see his point of view through heated arguments or brute physical force. He sits patiently and only offers what the person is looking for in these vulnerable moments. You can see this especially in his interaction with Toph in Season 2, Episode 8, The Chase, and in Season 2, Episode 15, The Tales of Bossing Say." And he expects no- nothing out of it, really. Just great company and to see others flourish. I love this way of instilling hope, because it's the only thing he really strives to do is to help others, or really just to be a mentor, which is what I try to do every single day. I love this idea that Zuko gives hope by showing grit in the face of suffering and struggle. But as I get older and people look to me for advice, I really hope that I can be just as as kind and attuned to others' emotional needs, just like Iroh. Thanks so much for the podcast, you guys, and I'm really excited to catch up on season two so I can hear what's to come for season three. Be safe out there. Bye.
1: Jasmine, that was so cool! I love this. Like, the wow, it was so awesome. First of all, thank you. I appreciate your your kindness about the mini-episode, but, like, the... The phrase unique loose leaf blend of wisdom for each person is my new thing. I love it.
0: You gotta make it different for each individual. We're it's not all so, we're not all cookie cutter. That's so real. It's it's so good. It it plays in perfect because what Iroh does so well is creates a container. Like he creates yeah. a container for yes. each individual person that he's talking to by getting to know them, by seeing them, by talking to them, by listening to them and really listening. Yes. And so I think that plays in perfect because he relieves so much worry by the way that he builds relationships and by the way that he builds containers yes and i think that's why that's so good his wisdom is so great jasmine thank you so much for sharing that it was perfect
1: also your name happens to be a type of tea
0: which oh, is super cool which iroh loves he oh jasmine dragon that's right oh perfect oh, super well neat. done thank you jasmine And if you would like to send us a a voice memo, thearchivee at gmail.com. We would love to hear it. Something around two minutes or less. And just, what does Avatar The Last Airbender mean to you? What was a moment that stuck out in a show that was really great? What was a moment of our podcast where you're like, oh, I really disagree? Or, oh my goodness, that was such a great point. Send us a voice memo to thearchivee at gmail.com. And that will be perfect. We'd love it. Let's jump into our practice.
1: We're going to do... The same practice we did last time, which was a couple episodes ago on Mm -hmm. Lectio Divina. Sounds great. Let's do it. So we're going to pick one, uh, just a reminder of what that is. It's our four-step practice where we're going to analyze one line on a deeper level, and Mm -hmm. that's on four different levels.
0: And What is literally happening. Yeah,
1: that's our step one. Okay. And and then we'll start there. And then the next one is, what does it remind you of in the rest of the series and allegorically in other series? Mediums and art forms and things. And then... Level three, what does it remind us of in our own lives? And then level four, what is this line calling us to do? And now I have to go and find it because I lost it.
0: Find it. That's trademark. Can't do that. This is vamping. Ben, you had it. What are you doing?
1: I lost it. It went away.
0: Max? Yes. Let's talk about you for a little bit because we got something that's going to be super fun. We got feedback about dating advice from Avatar about you. That's right. People do want to hear a dating segment about less dating lessons you can learn from Avatar the Last Airbender. So that could be fun, but we will do that as a part of we're doing some bonus episodes exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And so, we are, because we've made Max listen to it, upwards of two seasons of us talking about Avatar The Last Airbender, which he doesn't watch, we are going to let him choose what we provide lenses for and what we watch. And so we'll do some bonus episodes that will be exclusively on our Patreon, um, and those will happen at least monthly that we'll be putting those out there where you can hear Max chime in about some of these lenses Uh, that we're using and the first thing we're going to do is max's favorite movie or one of max's favorite movies tom hanks tom hanks in the terminal and so we'll be doing that on our patreon so if you want to jump on over there to support you'll get bonus episodes with that you have the lens now ben
1: i i have the line because
0: we've we've plugged patreon enough and so we're gonna we're gonna chill with that for the rest of the episode support us all right continue what is the line
1: so back to lectio divina our sacred practice we're going to treat this line sacredly so The line is from Zuko. During the meeting, I was the perfect prince. Mm. During the meeting, I was the perfect prince. So, if you can recall, what is literally happening right now?
0: Literally, this is Prince Zuko talking to May after he has left the war room meeting um, and he's still, he's a little bit somber. He's not feeling great about it. But he's kind of saying, I, I did everything right. I was literally at his right hand. I'm," And it just doesn't feel right. And so that's this moment.
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah and I think the important thing that he ends on after this is, uh, I was the perfect prince. I was everything that my father wanted me to be. But I wasn't me. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, so, during the meeting, I was the perfect prince. Mm -hmm. So, this line, now, what does this line remind us of in allegory? So, in the rest of the series, in the Avatar universe, but also in other media and lore and books. And, during the meeting, I was the perfect prince.
0: Oh, I think one of the things, one, it makes me think of Aladdin like it just it just goes right there right aladdin tries so hard to be this perfect prince that he thinks he's supposed that's a really good connection yeah um and it's not what jasmine wants it is um not the best version of himself yeah but he is trying to be this he's trying to be prince ali and he wishes for it and he uses the genie wishes for it and it that is not the best version of aladdin
1: yeah, that's interesting. My, my brain actually went to Azula thinking about how we talked about her and perfectionism mm-hmm. earlier in the season with Cricket. That's right. And it's interesting because, like, this idea of perfectionism, how he experiences it and didn't like it, whereas our, from our perspective, she experiences it, and, like, that's what what drives her because mm-hmm. she's on that perfectionism track. And I just thought that was an interesting com- interesting comparison between the two of them.
0: Yeah, because even future Zuko, like Legend of Korra Zuko, I feel like he yeah. comes to this more of this place of understanding that perfection isn't really a thing, that you've got to mess up, that you got to be gritty a little bit, you got to be dirty a little bit. Yeah. Not that you're doing bad things, but that you've got to screw up a little bit. And he kind of loses that sense of perfection that I think that he's ex- he's trying to hold himself to that standard early yeah. on and realizing that that's not him. But Aladdin is what it made Yeah, it no, I think yeah. Aladdin
1: is such a good connection. I didn't even think about that. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, shall we move on? hmm
1: So, step three, what does this remind us of in our own personal life?
0: Uh, for me, it made me think of moments where I try to be the expectations that I am thinking other people want of me. So not expectations that they necessarily have, but expectations that I think an individual expects of me and trying to meet that and the worry that that causes or the stress that that causes. And the reality is, that might not be the expectation that they have of me yeah. or they might not expect me to be perfect, but I want to be perfect in that moment. That's
1: so interesting. So I, I, I'm going to be a little vulnerable with everybody. I, um, my, my mom likes to call me Prince, like Prince Ben and Prince Ben Shea, Like it's my middle name, y'all. Um, and so it's one of those things where I like, I kind of just like ignored it growing up I didn't mm-hmm. even really think about it. It was just a thing, that, but it's really interesting. Cause like, during the meeting, I was the the perfect... I've I'm, I'm never tried to be that, and that's what I'm being called. And it feels really interesting in, uh, in this light where Zuko is trying to fit this mold of what he considers to be the perfect prince, and then I'm being called the, the prince, right? And so, like, to me, I, I question how I feel, and I wonder if Zuko feels similarly where... Being called prince almost feels kind of like dirty in a way, in 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 the sense that like I'm I'm not right I'm not no I'm not perfect. You don't feel like you're I don't, of like, I don't deserve it. Goes, it goes. I makes me right? feel
0: like it goes back to the Peon Dao and Sokka. Yeah, that, right. Like yeah. that moment of of him saying, "Hey, you are worthy of the sword. You are worthy to be here." And Sokka feeling like he he isn't. Well, He's it's, saying, it's "I'm just not." Really
1: interesting being told, "Hey, here's this title." Uh, I'm giving it to you, and I'm like, mm, I don't think that I'm that right, and it's just, and I wonder if Zuko kind of vibes with that in a way of like, yeah, he for the first whole couple se- first two seasons, he was like, no, I am prince of the Fire Nation, blah blah blah, and then he gets to this point where he arrives and he's like, I don't know that I like this, so I just I really vibe with Zuko in that when I when I hear this line,
0: it's funny because when you talk about your mother calling you prince, yeah. I have a similar feeling with my mom where sh- she would jokingly call me spoiled, which is what I heard when you said my mom calls me Prince. Yeah. Because I heard that that's as a slight. Exactly. Um, and I think that's, that's because of me, because there are moments where I was the youngest of four. I definitely got away with more.
1: I was the youngest of seven. Right. So I definitely <laughs> got away with a
0: lot um yeah same well according to definitely to my siblings my rules were more lenient i got to go things i got to go on trips earlier than they did i got to go hang out with friends at earlier ages um but i also helped supported my family financially for a while and so like when moments like that where my mom would call me prince or spoiled it was a it hurt like that felt bad but
1: but again like i i just like it really kind of vibes with me hearing this line with Zuko for some reason because I, I just I feel very close to Zuko in this moment mm-hmm. um, because this is a very real feeling that I have experienced right and I don't blame my mother at all Mm-mm. like she was loving me and yeah that was the way she was doing it and I that just that's that's what it brings up yeah which is troublesome
0: yeah oh
1: wow. I got deeper than I expected. Call to action. So, yeah, step four, uh, after hearing this line, during the meeting, I was the perfect prince. What are you feeling called to do?
0: Just to not try to, just to really be in tune to when I'm placing unwarranted expectations on myself that may or may not be there. To really try to be attuned to, am I doing things because it's authentically me or because it's something I'm trying to do to fit in or to be something I'm not um, for acceptance or for whatever reason. And that's such a tough thing to do. It's tough to be attuned to that. It's tough to be aware to those things. Um, but that's what I feel called to do is to kind of think on why am I doing what I'm doing? What's the intention behind it? I'm,
1: I am feeling a hark back to one of my mentors who was, had a, had a thing for calling people by their given name, uh, rather than by nicknames or, uh, and it's really interesting because i i was like <laughs> people have like camp nicknames and things like that mm-hmm. and he didn't like that because that's that's not that's not your name and he really liked calling people by their name and and then not not like their given name as if like the name they wanted to go by mm-hmm. right and uh i'm really feeling that right now instead of calling giving people these epithets that um or these honorifics and epithets that we uh, have that we think are kind or lifting someone up, I wonder what, what they're actually doing, those mm-hmm. those names that we give people. And so I'm hey, – a Champ. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, how do we – and that's I'm feeling called to be more aware of – things that i'm calling people other than their name mm-hmm. and so i'm not necessarily not going to call them those things but i, I want to be more aware that i'm doing
0: it so we got to know how it makes them feel because we just talked about you and i both being in a spot of like sometimes it didn't feel good yeah right? and and we if that's not the intent right whether we if the if the intent is the, in, the way a message is received is what's important
1: yeah intent versus impact what's important impact
0: right period correct and so that's an important thing to think about Oh, this is, this has been good. It's been good episodes we've gotten Max. You've been, how's it been going for you, bud? Good. All right. Yeah. For Uh, someone who really hates this
1: episode, I mean.
0: It's true, but let's, but let's be very real about that. I don't love this episode, but when you look at things the way that we're looking at them. There's so much. There's so much you can still learn, even from moments that you don't love. And I think that's an important thing to take away.
1: 100% love that.
0: All right, let's jump into our devotions. Devotion. Through the element
1: of fire.
0: Fire. We're not causing a commotion. Yeah, fire. Fire. Is the element.
1: Yeah, so I've been really struck by our conversation during this episode around building a safe container and thinking about fire from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, in order to build a fire when you're out in the woods, you you need to build a safe container Mm -hmm. for it. Otherwise, it will spread. It will cause wildfire, and that's really scary. And so the way we do that is we build rocks around it. We get water, and we, you know, wet the ground around it. We use the elements, if you will, like all of the other elements, and create balance in a way that really makes it so that we can contain those that that fire right and so how do we build a safe container it it's it's bringing in all sides of ourselves and pulling on all of our resources to really leverage control like not control but rather safety Mm -hmm. right because control is an illusion but like this idea of safety how do i maintain safety Mm -hmm. and it's bringing in balance and creating that container that's 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 my that's my devotion. That's not really like oh a, a, well, I'm gonna do this week though. I guess I I have to think on that.
0: I think it's how do we how are you creating the containers when you're talking to each individual that you're speaking to because even in moments where people aren't in worry or aren't anxious, everything you say and do is should be in tandem with this ideal or value of supporting one another. And so, if you are using each conversation as a trust building, as a way to build trust, as a way to set that container, you're doing that every time you speak to someone. Okay. So, in order to turn this into something that I can,
1: like, focus on, like, really this week, mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of siphon that down into whenever I'm starting a conversation, I want to make sure that I have a focus of a container before I go and engage in that conversation.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. Thanks. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thanks for helping me narrow that down. Anytime. Happy to help. Uh, I think for me this week, were, I was really struck by Aang, Aang's need to feel like he's enough to be able to kind of pull away some of that worry. Um, and so I think for me, when I think of fire, a lot of times I think of the personality that comes with fire and there's there can be a lot of confidence in people who have a lot of fire in them. Boldness. Um, bold and confident. And I think sometimes you got to be okay with being confident. And so giving yourself those affirmations saying that you're enough, letting you know, letting yourself know those things is really important. So I think that the, I'm honestly going to maybe a little bit selfishly focus on that this week and saying I'm going to be instill myself with that confidence and uh with those affirmations to know that i am enough and that i am worthy of love and that i can accomplish things i
1: i want to challenge that a little bit on the selfishness yeah yeah let's talk about that i want to challenge you to to not brand that as selfish yeah
0: let's do that
1: right i because i don't because i don't think it is i think you are the way you're even describing it is lifting up in order for me to do this for others mm-hmm. right and so rather than branding that as something that is selfish brand that as something that is I'm, I'm doing this for me because it's necessary
0: absolutely not because it's selfish you have to take care of yourself you have to be able to pour into yourself so you can pour into others
1: well and i th- and i think that's a that's an easy slip that w- i'm sure we have done on on this podcast where we'll say something and then that that could have slide but then somebody hears that and says oh that's selfish but right. no, yeah, it's, it's not selfish, yeah. right? It's it's really not. And so I just, I, I, I commend you. Like that, thank you for taking care of yourself. It's not selfish at all. Yeah,
0: love that. Thank you. All right, time to give some gratitude to some characters. This is my favorite part. Let's lift some characters up, shall we? You want to go first? You want I would too? love to go first. There's a moment... That is a very memeable moment in this episode. It, it has is, been memed. It is the moment where Aang punches the tree so hard that all the leaves fall down. And then... Oh, this part. From behind Katara, Sokka juts out and looks from one shoulder. <laughs> oh, And yes. Toph looks out from the other, but Toph is looking the wrong way. And it gets blamed as like... It gets played as this joke of, haha, she's blind. So she looked the wrong way. I don't think that's the case. Cause okay, tell me more. We know Toph. We know Toph's ability to see. We know Toph's ability to recognize where people are. She's very well versed in being able to know where someone is when those things happen. So she... We see it earlier in the episode when she knocks a porcupine
1: from a mile away into her hand.
0: Right. So she knows where Aang is. I think she is doing this as a way to make Aang feel better. I think she's trying to do this as a way to bring humor to the situation. As a way to make Aang laugh. I think she's purposefully doing this as a way to say, wow. to, to, to loosen some of the tension that she knows that Ang wow. is feeling. Wow, I just
1: got chills. That's, what a cool way. Like, and that's just, that's been meme. I've seen that meme a hundred yeah. times on all the Facebook pages. Yes. And it's just looking and thinking about it that way, really just, that puts a lot of compassion in Toph that I didn't put there before. And I think she's,
0: ha- she's got that. Oh, she's she does. We that. see and it, so. but we
1: don't see her express it very often. And this, this attempt at, playing fun is Aang misses it, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad that you caught it. Because that's-
0: she's got the humor, right? It's the same thing. It's like when she yelled off when she they were looking for the library, <laughs> and she's like, there it is! That's what so it will it, sound like
1: yep. when one of you find it.
0: So this is, so I think that this is that type of moment where she's trying to bring, she's trying to cut the tension, she's trying to bring laughter and joy into a moment to, to yeah, help Aang. that's so gorgeous. I want to lift her up for that. Because I'm so
1: glad that you picked that apart. That's so beautiful. Wow. Uh I, you know it's it's funny how we talk a lot on this show about all of the characters and all the things but it's so interesting how sometimes we gloss over Ang um in terms of like specificity because there's just so much other stuff going on mm-hmm. but I really want to I want to be thankful for Ang. Um yeah, like Ang is is 12.
0: Is Aang is twelve years old. Shoulders.
1: Aang is twelve years old, and in four days after this, like before when this show starts or this episode starts, he is believing he's going to end a one hundred year war, and he has to fight the most powerful bender on the. Uh, it's just like there is so much going through him right now, and he doesn't have the people that know how to take care of him. He doesn't have people that can see it, and so he experiences this over the course of several days. And that's just I, I I'm I'm so aware I think of his body and how his body is taking this all in and I'm just I'm so grateful that he is able to get through this and he is able to be Aang after this episode and not be permanently affected by this at least visibly so I'm I'm grateful for Aang. I'm grateful for his resilience
0: he's got so much to deal with yeah and he does it well talk about resilience Mm -hmm. episode five y'all remember that who cricket she's good episode she's great love cricket yeah welcome back anytime well this has been a wonderful episode better conversation than i honestly thought was going to come from it because i again didn't love this episode to begin with so i'm glad that we were able to talk about that so thank y'all so much for listening ben thank you for 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 being here and and sharing in this uh, Max, thank you for being here and, and and twisting those dials, making us sound great. And, then, and thank
1: you for making me sound good.
0: Absolutely. And then our Patreon supporters <laughs> of the week, Molly Ray P and Daniel S, thank you all so much for supporting us on y'all, Patreon. Oh, thank you so much. And to everyone else, thank you so much for listening and and sharing this podcast with people that you think will like it and sharing it with with family and friends and and posting about it and and liking our Instagram. All of it has just been the amount of support has been completely overwhelming it's been awesome in the best way possible so it's thank, brought me a lot of joy thank you all for all of that can please continue to share please continue to like uh and review and subscribe and follow and do everything on those platforms on on apple and on spotify and on stitcher and all that good stuff thank you so much for word of mouth of also really nice on. tell your friends about the podcast we'd love that absolutely well this has been bending not breaking i'm sunshine mayfield this has been pruitt and thank you so much for listening Woo-hoo. Okay, good boy.